Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. So thankful to have this opportunity for us to get together through this radio program and open up God's Word, study a little bit more, dig a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more, and grow in our faith. Because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So there is no way, I don't think, to be overemphasizing the importance of our being in God's Word regularly. We encourage you to Come and worship with us, study God's Word with us, get to know us, let us get to know you. Grow spiritually with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street right here in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street. Bible classes begin at 930 on Sunday mornings, followed by worship at 1030. Six Sunday evenings, we come back together at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening for another period of worship and Bible study. And then on Wednesday evenings, right in the middle of the week, come back, get our spiritual batteries recharged for Wednesday night Bible classes, 6.30 each Wednesday evening. You're welcome to any and all of these services, and we do hope to see you soon. Now, if you're in another area, or even if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It's free. It always will be free. We're not after your wallet. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. When you do that, you'll receive this radio program. Search the scriptures Monday through Friday automatically to your smart device. And that would, could be your, your phone or your computer or whatever smart device you choose. But you'll also receive a whole lot more. A Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a short daily Bible study that we call today's Bible class. Only about 13 or so minutes each day. But it keeps us in God's Word every single day. All of that is there for your uh, reception and to help you be a more diligent student in God's Word, and again, stay strong in your faith. But while you're at the website, you can also access hundreds and hundreds of sermons, both on, and both in uh, audio and video format, and you can also access hundreds and hundreds of scripturally-based articles that can help you in your study in God's Word. So take advantage of that, churchofchrist.com. We're going to get into a new line of study today. I want to talk about something that I think is very important for us, especially as Christians, to understand well, and that's hatred. I've said a number of times in recent months, maybe over the last year or two, in various formats of teaching and preaching, that I have never, at least I don't remember ever, seeing our nation in the state of anger and hatred that I see it in right now. Now, I grew up during the Vietnam War period and was beginning my adult life during that time. I was in college during that time. And, and, and even though there's a great deal of anger and protests going on as a result of that, I, again, grew up and saw the the uh, demonstrations and the protests and the riots having to do with uh, racial equality. I, I, I remember all of that, but I don't remember ever seeing this degree of outright hatred that is fomenting all across our nation. 
Now, I suppose that may be happening in other parts of the world as well. You might even say generally across the globe. But we live here, and so we experience it here. It is, it is just appalling what, you, what we're seeing right now. If you don't agree with me or if you don't agree with somebody else, then they, they just reject you. You're to be hated. You're to be demeaned. You're to be ridiculed and maybe even in some way destroyed. Maybe not physically destroyed, but maybe through your profession or whatever. And it's, it's just running rampant right now. And it's not helping anything. It's hurting us as a nation, as a culture, as a people. And it's also hurting causes because nobody likes to be the focus of or even have to deal with somebody, somebody else in a particular group just preaching outright hatred. Now, a whole lot of those folks out there who are doing that would say, well, no, I'm not hating. I'm just being assertive. You know, no, it, it, hatred is obvious. It's easy to recognize, and it's all over our nation right now. As Christians, we need to understand the seriousness of hatred and the potential ramifications of it. Now, hatred clouds reason. I'm speaking from a from a logical perspective, just basic down-to-earth facts. If you're harboring hatred in your heart towards somebody or towards something, well, that clouds your reason when it comes to thinking about that particular individual or group of individuals or whatever it is that you're hating. Hatred filters everything pertaining to that which you hate. So if you hate a particular individual, whenever that person's name comes up or anything is presented before you or you notice anything about that 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 pertains to that particular individual your hatred for that individual will filter everything so they could be doing something really good but your hatred will cloud your vision of what they're doing of their character in whatever it is that they're doing that might be really good hatred blocks positive perspective because it's difficult to have a positive perspective about something that you hate or somebody you hate. Shut, it shuts down immediately whatever that is that you're focused on in hatred. And the bottom line, and this is what we really need to understand, we, everybody needs to understand this, but particularly Christians, hatred will keep you out of heaven. We don't want to be involved in anything that will keep us out of heaven. Heaven ought to be our bottom line primary goal in life. Because I've said many, many times in teaching and preaching over decades, if we don't get to heaven, our life has been a failure. Doesn't matter how much money we've accumulated, how high in the social ladder we've, we've, uh, we've, we've progressed, how how a professional we've been and how successful in our profession that we've been, if we don't get to heaven, our life has been a failure. Now, that's bottom line. Hatred will keep a person out of heaven. Hatred is what I'd like to refer to as a two-edged sword. It cuts both directions. 
It is anger gone to seed. And so here is another problem. Now, we're talking ultimately about heart problems here. Anger gone to seed, anger that is uncontrolled, unchecked, will ultimately develop into hatred, outright hatred. And hatred that is left unchecked ultimately can lead to violence and even murder. Anger that is harbored, nurtured, cultivated, eventually develops into full-blown hatred. And if openly acted upon, hatred can do terrible things, terrible damage to the one who is its focus, because hatred can lead the individual who hates another individual to do something terrible to that individual. And we're seeing that championed in our culture, in our nation right now, by a whole lot of hate-filled groups. And now, before you start pointing fingers at this one or that one, recognize that you may have three fingers pointing back at you. Don't allow yourself to fall into that pit of hatred. Now, can we, can we disagree with somebody? Can we disagree with a group thinking? Absolutely. We can even be strongly in disagreement and speak out strongly against it. But that's not the same thing as hating the people in that group. We need to understand those are souls, just like I am a soul and you are a soul. Hatred can generate both verbal and physical violence, and in its most uncontrolled expression, it can even cause murder. Now, at the same time, hatred will gradually... Now, that's, that's one edge of the sword. I said hatred is a two-edged sword. The other edge of that sword is that hatred will gradually but steadily eat away at the person who is harboring that hatred. It'll be like an acid or a cancer that gradually but progressively eats away at that person's well-being. And that can be even physical and emotional and psychological. But it can even, have, it can even lead to health problems within that particular individual who is so filled with hate towards somebody else or something else. And it will eat away at the heart of that individual for sure. And as that happens, his hatred not only robs him of peace and happiness in this life, but it can also deprive him of eternal life in the hereafter. So two lives end up ruined because of hatred. The life of the one who is the object of the hatred, that person's life can end up ruined, but also the life of the one who bears that hatred, that person's life also can be ruined. And obviously there can be no room in the heart of a faithful Christian for hatred toward another human being. Just can't be there. Now, I've been talking about heart problems, heart troubles, and, and here's the thing. I'm, I'm not sure that a whole lot of people understand this fully and as deeply as they need to. Jesus, Jesus talked about how evil acts, wicked behavior, including hatred, is a heart problem. In Matthew chapter 15 and verse 19, Jesus said, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, 
blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. Now, I believe he could have gone ahead and listed more. I think this is simply a representative list. He could have gone on and listed a whole lot of more sinful and terrible, wicked practices and, and actions in the part and, and lifestyles on the part of an individual. And he says the, the seat of those kinds of actions is the heart of the individual. Now, not that muscle in our chest that pumps blood through our circulatory system all day long, throughout the day, and throughout the rest of our lives. We're not talking about that. That's a muscle. I know people, they will make a fist or maybe leave an open hand and they'll clutch their chest and say, I just, I believe this in my heart, or, or I, I love somebody with all my heart. Well, I understand the expression and the meaning behind it, but it's not with that muscle in their chest. They're talking about with all of their feeling, with all of their mind, with all of their emotions, even with all of their soul, their spiritual character. That's what they're talking about. Now, if you're harboring hatred, though, you've got a heart problem. How many times have, have we... we become acquainted with somebody or known somebody, we find out that they've been diagnosed with some heart condition, and so the doctor has said, now you need to change your lifestyle in this way or that way. Maybe you need to quit drinking. Maybe you need to quit eating fatty foods. Maybe you need to start exercising, walking, whatever it might be. But the person does not change one bit. And so we may talk to them and say, what are you doing? You've been diagnosed with a heart problem. You've been told that you need to change your lifestyle. Why are you not doing that? Whether being, could we say, being foolish? For going on and doing what they've always done that ultimately ultimately has resulted in their heart problem? When they could change their lifestyle, they could change their eating habits, exercise habits, whatever it might be, and they could get better. They They could extend their lifespan but they're just careless and they just don't do it. Well, what about a problem who is harboring hatred? What about a person who is harboring hatred and they come to understand, I cannot do this. I cannot be filled with hate toward that person or that group of people and still be walking with God in faithfulness. I cannot be right with God and hate someone at the same time. I cannot live my life filled with hate and expect to be in heaven for all of eternity. That ought to give us incredible pause. It ought to shake us to our boots. And we ought to be focused on putting that hatred out of our hearts. I want to look at some examples of hatred and its result in the scriptures. In Genesis chapter 4, we read about the birth of Cain and Abel, the first two children that we have recorded in scripture that were born to the first two people that God put upon this earth, Adam and Eve. So verse 1 of Genesis chapter 4, now Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. 
Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So a keeper of sheep. Okay, so Abel was, we might say, something of a ranch, rancher. It says a keeper of sheep. Okay, so a sheep herder. Cain was basically a farmer, a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Now, we're talking about worshiping God here. So Cain brings an offering of his farm produce, his agricultural produce. It says specifically here of the fruit of the ground. And he offers that in sacrifice to God as worship of God. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry. Now remember what I said a few moments ago. Anger left unchecked can develop into hatred, outright hatred. Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. And God, well, he, he, we could say, counseled him, maybe even rebuked him here. I think, I think there's a rebuke in this. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now, why did God respect Abel's sacrifice, but did not respect, and I think we can understand, rejected Cain's sacrifice? Well, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4 says, the Hebrews writer or says, by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Now, where does faith come from? How does, de- how does it develop within us? We emphasize this all the time and search the scriptures. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So obviously, we are to conclude that God gave instructions to both boys as to what he wanted them to sacrifice to him by way of worshiping him. Abel obeyed Cain substituted something else. So God respected Abel's sacrifice and did not respect Cain's sacrifice. And then Cain became very angry. But notice what happens in verse 8. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Now, remember, back in verse 5, it says Cain was very angry. But he ended up killing his brother, Abel. Why did he kill Abel? Abel didn't do anything against him. Abel simply did what God told him to do. God rejected his sacrifice, Cain's sacrifice, not Abel. Now, there can be some information, you know, that we could imagine in between the lines there, but it's not spelled out for us in Scripture. Cain was angry, and obviously he turned his anger on his brother, and can we conclude that 
pretty obviously he hated his brother as a result. And that was what led to his murdering his brother. Amazing, isn't it? Again, it was God who rejected his sacrifice, not his brother. But he murdered his brother. Since faith comes by hearing the word of God, and it was by faith that that Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, again, obviously, God instructed both young men as to what he wanted them to offer to him by way of worship. Abel followed through. Cain did something else. And because God rejected Cain's sacrifice, he became so angry that he ended up murdering his brother. I want us to read another text of Scripture here. In 1 John chapter 3, and I want us to look at verses 10 through 15. Now, John, I think, is, is focusing what he's saying here primarily upon Christians, the love that we're supposed to have for our brothers and sisters in Christ. But we can make a broader application here. It's not okay to hate somebody else just as long as we don't hate any fellow Christians. That's not okay. Hatred will condemn us. Beginning with verse 10, John wrote, In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest, or in other words, are obvious, very recognizable. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Did you get that last part? Nor is he who does not love his brother. Hmm. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And that goes back to John chapter 13 and verses 34 and 35, where Jesus gave a new commandment that you should love one another. As I have loved you, that you love one another. Now, he's talking about his, his faithful followers here. And then he goes on and says, By this the world will know that you are my disciples, by the love that you have for one another. But again, I think we can make a broader application in principle. We're not to allow hatred to abide in our hearts toward anyone. So this is the message you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And this, notice the illustration here, the example. Not as Cain who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother's righteous. Hmm. Long and the short of it, isn't it? Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Again, Is hatred, any kind of hatred for anybody or anything worth losing your soul over? Well, worth losing heaven over? And then John concludes in verse 15, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. John really leaves it as an either-or proposition. It cannot be a both-and You can walk with God faithfully and hate somebody. No, John says it's one or the other. Hatred will separate you from God. We'll stop. We'll dig a little bit deeper next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to understand the dangers of hatred and help us to put it out of our heart and never let it grow within us. 
Help us to be an example of your love to the people around us. And thank you, Father, for that example. Praise, glory, honor, and thanks be to you. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.